Good morning, everyone. My name is JB with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us today. It is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and we've got Randy standing by for our weekly world events update. And he promised me that there would be no negative news today, all positive, bright, cheery news today. And if you believe that, then uh, give me a call because I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona that I'd like to uh, sell you. Uh, no, Randy's great. Uh, we love uh, talking to him. He's got uh, such a passion uh, for the Lord and a biblical perspective, uh, and he's got his finger on the pulse of what is happening in the world, and that's not good. That's not good things that are happening. It's all setting the stage for the rise of the Antichrist and his sidekick, the false prophet. And knowing these things uh, is important. Many people would prefer to stick their head in the sand, I'm sure, and act like there's no problem. But the Bible tells us to, uh, you know, test the spirits, to be prepared, to watch for the signs of the times. There's so many admonitions in Scripture that, uh, you know, Andy, uh, Randy helps us um, fulfill. And so I appreciate him. We'll bring him on in just a second. He's got some some news and news items about uh, world events that clearly uh, seem to be setting the trajectory toward uh, the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But before we begin, uh, just a couple of quick announcements as we uh, get halfway through the week. We've already had some great uh, resources that we put out there for you. We had our fifth episode of Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions on Monday. And then that followed up last night with a, a separate question and answer session as part of Prophecy Night. And the one last night was really, really good. I, I hope you take the time to listen to that or watch the video because <clears throat> we just had some, some great discussions about the Nephilim and about the gap theory in the book of Revelation, I mean, the book of Genesis. And it was just some wonderful questions, as always. Uh, that's available at notbyworks.org, as are all of our podcasts and videos. Yesterday morning, I did a podcast on Christian Underground News Network entitled Things That Can Never Undo the Believer's Salvation. And it really touched a nerve. I, I can tell that people are uh, overwhelmingly encouraged. I've gotten a half a dozen or so emails already this morning from folks just saying thank you so much for for clarifying that and it was an encouragement but i've also gotten a few emails and and questions from people that uh, are still really trying to understand how it can be possible that uh, god doesn't draw any lines that somehow we can get to heaven even if we do bad things and uh so i i will be addressing some of those follow-up questions in a future uh, podcast but uh just want to encourage you to check out that uh, Christian Underground News Network podcast. Again, it's at notbyworks.org called Things That Can Never Undo the Believer's Salvation. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday, I've got uh, Dr. Nathan Jones back with us to continue our discussion of the mighty angels of Revelation. That was fascinating last time he was on to just talk about the different classes and categories of uh, fallen angels and uh, celestial beings. Uh, then we've got uh, our technologist Shane on this Friday to talk about the double-edged sword of technology and tyranny. And then, of course, Saturday, you'll get to hear from Randy again as we continue our limited series on preparedness, uh, this time talking about how to prepare for a natural disaster. So uh, this morning, let me give you a quick word from Scripture that hopefully will encourage you. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 through 12, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life 
will be added to you. We talked about that uh, last night when I was reading Psalm 91 at Prophecy Night about how in general, when you follow God's word and trust him and live your life in light of him, that's what fearing the Lord means, is to consider God in all that you do, uh, to acknowledge him. When you do that, in general, it's going to go well. It's going to help you avoid the pitfalls and traps of life. Uh, obviously, there are exceptions. You know, sometimes good people suffer and sometimes bad people get off scot-free. But uh, that's because we live in a fallen world, and it won't always be that way. Uh, someday Christ is going to come back and make all things new, and uh, the great equalizer, uh, he, he might you might think of him as, as he comes back and treads the wine press and the wrath of the fury of Almighty God, and he, he kind of makes, uh, you know, executes vengeance. So all of the inequities of life that seem to be unchecked will eventually get their comeuppance, you might say. Uh, but uh, in general... In general, those who follow the Lord uh, will be blessed in in terms of earthly protection, and those who don't won't. And that's what he means when he says, uh, "By me, your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added uh, to you." We see that principle again and again in Scripture, uh, even though, of course, it's not a guarantee. Again, sometimes uh, God's grace is sufficient in the midst of unfair treatment. But the, the verse 12 is the last verse that I want to read. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you bear it alone. That's a strong statement there about individual responsibility. Uh, the psalmist here, uh, is, uh, which is Solomon is stressing that everybody, uh, it really is, you know, the ultimate, uh, you know, loser or winner in your life based on your own personal choices. Do you choose wisdom and the fear of the Lord, or do you choose folly and foolishness? I love the way Warren Wearsby uh, describes uh, this verse. He says, verse 12 reminds us that the Lord wants to build godly character into our lives, and we can't borrow character from others or give our character to them. This is an individual matter that involves individual decisions. Belonging to a fine family, attending a faithful church, or studying in an excellent school cannot guarantee the building of our character. Character is built on decisions, and bad decisions will create bad character. And so I hope that uh, as you uh, hear that verse, I hope it kind of convicts you the way it did me, that you know ultimately we, uh, we are accountable to God first and foremost. And uh, at Not By Works Ministries, we can give you the tools and the resources and the information to help you uh, navigate this unsettling time. Uh, and many other ministries are a great resource as well. Uh, your church can be a great uh, resource if you have a good Bible teaching church. But ultimately, it's between you and God's Word. You need to stay in the Word of God, immersed in the Word of God, and allow it to help uh, strengthen your faith. Um you know, God's Word has given us many great and precious promises, the Bible tells us. And, you know, Jesus Christ is the anchor of the soul. And so, uh, you know, it's between you and the Lord. Uh, I wish that I could, you know, snap my fingers or wiggle my nose or otherwise make, you know, you uh, have the spiritual maturity overnight. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to stay in the Word, stay close to the Lord, use these other resources like what we try to provide at NBW to help you. Um, but uh, you can't fast track the process. You've got you've to be wise for yourself. And so I'm so glad that we've got uh, my good friend, Randy. I haven't 
mentioned his background in a while, and I know we're always picking up new listeners. So uh, Randy, I've known for several years now. He was introduced by a mutual friend. He is got has got a a uh, tremendous background, a, a journey that the Lord has put him on in life, and he's touched on a lot of different areas of expertise. You know, he's an EMT, he's a private detective, he's been in business world, uh, and he's just uh, a, a very uh, studied and intelligent individual. I'm not saying that just to flatter him, I'm just saying, you know, let's be honest, there are smart people and there are dumb people in the world, and he is the former, uh, and uh, I appreciate all that he has uh, to offer. And uh, he has graciously agreed now for over a year to come on our program, uh, usually weekly, and just uh, kind of take a look at world events and provide some commentary and insights on them. So Randy, thank you so much for being with us uh, today. How are you doing, my friend? Well, I'm doing fine. But a friend of mine one time told me, never believe the press about yourself. <laughs> so in other words, I don't consider myself special. I just spend way too much time looking into this stuff. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't sleep much anymore. I'm getting grayer. And uh, I'm glad we get a new body when we go to heaven. That. <laughs> but anyway, so as we continue our journey down the doom and gloom pathway till the end of the um, ages, we have all kinds of good stuff for you today, and all I can tell you is every week from now on, this will be getting worse. Mm. It's, it's been bad enough, but it's been a warning. Now all of this stuff is starting to transpire. So all I can say is get ready, keep your eye on the Lord, because what you're going to be seeing in the next few weeks is going to take uh, many people on a journey they're not ready for. Mm. Anyway, so let's start. The... A couple of months ago, I said the uh, months, June, July, and August, would be a very trying time, and things would happen, which it has been, with all of the loans, the banks, and everything else. But come the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of this month, I want you to pay special attention. Our good friends at BRICS will meet the 22nd through the 24th. Uh, at that time, they're supposed to decide on additional countries they're going to led into their group, and supposedly Russia is going to announce their gold standard ruble. We'll see if they actually do. There's a little bit of fighting going on, but I'm thinking something's going to happen. On the 23rd, a massive drone attack is planned for Moscow, according to the Ukraine army. Now, anybody that tells them something like that is coming this far ahead of time, you have to just kind of go, and I don't think so, but we don't know. While BRICS is meeting, Mr. Putin will be in Russia since there is a warrant out for his arrest. And this way he can basically watch everything going on and make any decisions he needs to. During this time, South Korea, population of 51 million people, is going to call on 823. They're going to call a national emergency. All 51 million people are supposed to head to 17,000 shelters in South Korea, and they're given 20 minutes to do that. Now, the United States has absolutely no shelters whatsoever for nuclear war, anything else. So I want to see how you get 51 million people into a shelter, 17,000 shelters. They're going to be a little crowded, going to be a little stinky. I hope everybody's wearing their deodorant. But it'll be an interesting exercise. So it is that is an exercise, obviously, if they're planning it ahead. It's not like they anticipate an actual attack from North Korea. 
Well, you know what you always say. I mean, it's an oh, exercise, yeah. but with, you know, some of the uh, quips that you've had, I I wouldn't doubt anything. anything. Yeah, I mean, they, they use exercises, the Luciferians do, as a smokescreen for some real uh, things. And so, yeah, that's definitely one to keep our eye on. Well, you know, we now have a nuclear sub parked there 24-7, 365 days a year. Kim Jong-un just got done with his physical. He now weighs in at 302 pounds, has multiple diseases, and keeps upgrading his military. So he might just decide that's a threat to his country that day and do something. You never know. Mm. Um, we still have 28,000 men on the DMZ. And uh, I believe from the DMZ to Seoul, it's 17 miles. So something happens, it's not going to take long. So moving on to the United States of America. We have such good news this week. You're all going to be thrilled. <laughs> for thus, for, for the, us that are on Social Security, uh, real inflation supposedly is about 16.7%. Our cost of living allowance adjustment is going to be between 2.3 and 2.7%. Now, they don't announce that officially for another month or two, but the economists and the government are coming out saying, this is what you're going to get. So if it's in like in the past years, the cost of Medicare should go up about the same. So you're going to realize absolutely no gain whatsoever. Now, there is a fight going on in Congress to pay Social Security participants what they're actually owed. I don't think that's ever going to go very far because they couldn't come up with the money. Um, so figure on your two and a half percent and get your vacation to your nearest Walmart plant now. Yeah. And on that note, uh, and I'm sure you've got more economic news on your uh, stack of stuff there, but uh, I just want to give you some anecdotal evidence. Uh, I've, I'm hearing se several things. First of all, I'm hearing more and more prayer requests in, in meetings that I'm in for people who have lost their job. It just seems like inevitably two or three people say, pray for my son, pray for my uncle, pray for my husband, that kind of thing. Uh, and so that's just kind of anecdotal. I've also uh, my wife was talking to a, a person the other day, uh, and they, they were indicating they're in their real estate agent, and they were indicating that there has there's a growing problem with people getting qualified now that they just can't get loans. Of course, interest rates have skyrocketed. We know that already. Um, I'm seeing uh, I still subscribe to some real estate sites that send me updates, and I'm seeing more and more notifications of price reductions, whereas back in the, at least in Colorado, back in the ridiculous heyday here a year ago when everything was just skyrocketing and you'd have 10 offers on a home an hour after it went on the market, you never saw price reductions. People were making offers, you know, 50K over the list price. Well, now we're starting to see repeated price reductions. It just seems like it's an indication that the real estate market is not is not just cooling, but it is rapidly cooling. And then you've got, you know, unemployment and then you've got people can't qualify for loans. It just seems like a lot of these things are are happening and we're not getting as usual the the coverage of of this uh in the mainstream media. Do you think that's the case? Yes, because, you know, I don't necessarily subscribe to all of the ones that you do, but the ones that I'm subscribing to, all of them are saying that the housing crisis is going to be dire. People cannot qualify for the loans. Auto loans, they expect to hit the bottom next month. 
when they say the bottom, that means there's going to be a lot of cars up for sale because people have basically, you know, they're going to have them repossessed. Hmm. Uh, same way with the houses and the rent. I mean, there is not enough space for everybody at an affordable price. The U.S. government just issued $1 trillion in uh, treasuries again. And it seems like all the domestic companies are buying this. No foreign companies want to invest. Now, if the domestic companies are investing in the treasury, taking money out of the money supply that they would use for your home loans, for your car loans, etc. So the money is drying up. Um, interest rates are going up. And I hear to qualify for a loan right now, you uh, have to have stellar credit, a major down payment. And then they're they're not real thrilled about a 30-year loan. So it, it's getting worse. You won't see it in the stock market right away, but you're starting to see the banks. The unfortunately, the um banks, Moody's downgraded a bunch of them yesterday. And uh, let's see, they downgraded US Bank, State Street, New York Mellon, Northern Trust, Color and Frost, Truist. And two small banks by the name of Commerce, BOK Bank, and Ally and Capital One have been put on a um, negative outlook. Now, basically, what that's going to do with their credit ratings going down, that means their money is going to be drying up, loans are going to be higher, etc. And everybody should be a little concerned because with the United States. Treasury, letting all of these bonds out for bid, uh, they're taking all of the money that's available for loans away from the market. And I've been listening to, let's see, Charlie Munger, Ray Dalio, Lynette Zhang, and one other gentleman, I can't remember exactly who it was, but their, their feelings are this. They believe the car market Car loans are going down within a month. Uh, Lynette Zhang says she thinks everything's going to go down overnight or on a weekend within 30 days. And Mr. Salente agrees. Uh, Ray Dalio agrees. And Charles Munger says, well, you know, we're going to have to weather storms. And this could very well be a storm that divides the population into the rich and poor. Hmm. Now, I think they're trying to give us a warning it's coming. 30 days, I don't know if that's realistic or if that's not, but that's their opinion. They're the experts. So I would be um, on the lookout for something major. Um, it's kind of interesting. The United States is going to do a nationwide emergency alert system for your cell phone and TVs on October 4th, 2023 at 2.20 p.m. So if you get one, don't have a heart attack. It's planned, supposedly, and um, should be just a test to make sure everything is working, I hope. <laughs> now, China bought 29 ton of gold in the last couple of days. The United States, of course, isn't buying any, but we are now down on the um, oil supply. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is now down to 17 days. 20 days a week ago, 17 days now. Now, you know, I don't know if anybody's really paying attention to that or not, but it is 
It is a problem when we get down that far because if the oil's cut off, we have 17 days for people to try and figure out a way to survive. This is not going to not going to work. Hmm. Now, Mr. Biden, let's always give him his due because I think he should get all of it that he's got coming. Back in 2021, his energy secretary was consulting China before they were going to be releasing some of the oil and, um, you know, basically to bring the prices down. So the Chinese and the Americans agreed, we're going to go ahead and release this oil, bring the prices down, make sure everybody has some. So the United States basically, I think was yeah, 51 million barrels they released. And the Chinese, instead of releasing some from their reserve, bought it all. Hmm. They just took it right out from us. Now, that took us down to 480 million barrels two years ago. The Chinese reserve went up to 950 million barrels. We're now down to 346 million barrels in the reserve, 17 days. And I believe, if I recall from um, our podcast before, we use approximately 20 million barrels a day. And that doesn't include the armed forces. So you can see we're we're going down to nothing. And I, I don't know what they're going to do about that. They keep saying they're going to be buying some. They don't. Who knows? But another thing, the Chinese, the Chinese are not our friends. And I want everybody to understand that because I've got some stuff here I want you to listen to. The Chinese are buying the U.S. corporations as fast as they can. They have either purchased or have major ownership in AMC theaters, Spotify, General Motors, Hilton Hotels, Snapchat, GE Appliances, Motorola, Firestone, Waldorf Astoria, Chrysler, Fidelity Life, Universal Entertainment, Barclay Financial, Brookstone, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Hmm. That's all within the last few years. They have major stock ownership or they outright own it. In other words, they're buying everything they can. They're stockpiling food. Um, basically, they know something's coming. Uh, I think we should probably take note of that and make some changes. But who knows? You know, the food supply is going to suffer some major shortages very shortly for the simple reason. Uh, Russia now is with India. There will be no more exporting of rice, corn, or wheat, and that'll be from the Ukraine and from Russia. There will be no more fertilizer. So in other words, the food supply is going down, fertilizer is going down, and farmers are going to have to have that, and it's not going to be that long until they basically own us. Hmm. So now we can thank all of our major um, companies such as um, Black BlackRock. BlackRock is the worst. And then we have people with Walmart and some of them, they're basically financing the Chinese military with some of their purchases. Um, they're predicting huge hurricanes because of the temperature of the ocean. They're also having problems with the um, ports on the Western United States again. So the food supply could be interrupted at any time. 
Now, I'm going to go into the Chinese for a couple of minutes here. I want you to understand what kind of a threat they pose to us. Not only do they have the biolabs that we discussed, I believe, a week ago, two weeks ago, but with that biolab, they think there are up to another 300 of them in the United States and Canada. All right. When they went in, basically, a gentleman from Reedley, who is a city inspector, saw a hose sticking out of the wall. And he thought that was weird, so he pulled an inspection. That's when he found the freezers full of uh, vaccinations, serums, the mats and rice, uh, the mice and rats that were basically caged, and determined at that time that there were at least 19 different pathogens in that building. Basically, uh, Mr. Newsom had granted them a $360,000 grant to start that building a couple of years ago. So, you know, we helped them get everything ready. Hmm. But now the problem is, if there are 300 of those labs in the United States, where are the rest of them? Because there were thousands of mice and rats in there. You let those out into the major cities, into the sewer systems, we're going to have a um, problem you cannot leave. Yeah, and, um, and and of course, it would not be unprecedented for rogue elements of the U.S. government that are working at the behest of the Luciferians to partner with China and Chinese labs, I don't know, say in Wuhan, uh, to you know orchestrate some type of bioweapon. I mean, that's just same playbook that they've used uh, before. So, yeah, I think it's definitely, um, you know, a, a concern, these... these uh, I don't want to call them sleeper cells per se. That might not be the right term, but these these labs that are uh, operational, and it would not take much to you know to roll that out. I mean, so you know, as we think about unfreezing events that could could trigger and you know a very rapid downfall of our country. We've talked. You've talked a lot about you know the finances today and the, the economy, and now we've got bioweapons. You mentioned just briefly a second ago hurricanes. Um, I mean, uh, you always have to kind of take a look at what time of year it is, you know, and we've got, we're heading into uh, the height of the hurricane season and it would be, they like to do things that at a time when there are multiple, uh, you know, crises. And so, you know, wouldn't, and, and we know already that weather warfare is something they've just about mastered the, the way LBJ said uh, they were working on doing. And, uh, you know, they can steer hurricanes and and, and, and and intensify them. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, something that, you know, you, you can't just look at one subject and say, oh, well, I, you know, I've got my I've got the economy figured out and I'm watching and waiting and I'm ready to respond to that. It's like they could hit you coming and going. Right. Exactly. And another thing they found in the lab, which they didn't report, they were creating false COVID tests for the swabs and stuff like that, and pregnancy tests. They were, um, I don't know if they were experimenting or if they were already done with them. But I mean, you look at, if they're going to use the testing, we've always imagined that when we were tested for COVID, there was probably something in the nasal swabs, as well as in the vaccine, which this would lend credence to that, definitely. When you stop and think that the Chinese own most of the DNA testing labs that you can send your DNA in, have it tested, the results sent back to you, understand their database will basically contain that information also. 
And if you aren't concerned about that, stop and think. If they have your DNA, they know the diseases you have, they know the medications you're going to need. Um, they're going to get your medical records. They're going to have records you cannot let out to other people. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's never about what it's about, as you heard me say. And in the same way, uh, you know, that, uh, well, well, you know, these ancestry uh, deals, you know, they are, you know, they're, they're tracking you. It didn't just blow up organically overnight because of the technology came about that you could use DNA. I mean, I'm sure there was some of that, but there was some nefarious motives behind it. They, in the same way that, you know, with social media, that didn't just sort of blossom organically and people got rich off of it and so forth. That was an engineered planned deal to be able to track people's behavior, their comments, and so forth, uh, so that they can you know, set the stage for the full spectrum planetary control that the false prophet's going to preside over. I think it's all kind of coming together, but I don't understand why people, I guess it's tempting, and maybe if you had a, you know, you had a real need for it, you might do it, but why would people send in their, you know, DNA to just some private company that you don't really know anything about? I, I just, uh, it just baffles me, I, you know, but I guess uh, that's the world in which we live. Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. Well, exactly. And I mean, people don't think that far ahead. It's like, oh, let's see who our ancestors are. Well, if we take it back to the Garden of Eden, we we know, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it just, this isn't that tough. But I put together a little threat matrix to give you an idea how China basically has us where they want us, okay? First, supplies, medical. The um, food, water, meats, they they already basically supply Walmart with most of the products they use. Uh, some of the other stores, if you're using Smithfield meats, you're using farmland meats, stuff like that. So by the Chinese, all right? Cyber, we know they're very good at cyber because their malware has infiltrated the U.S. government and it's everywhere. And it's to the place where it's also into the electrical companies for the grid. Um, you know, it's into state government, city government. You know, their cyber is able to, for crying out loud, of the U.S. missile system. Uh, then we have their bio labs. We don't know how many of them there are, where they're at, but we know that this stuff could affect the food chain, their AI. Um, they're really into mind control. So we know that that stuff's going on because we have at least 86,000 Chinese migrants that have come over the border, military-aged people. And basically, they're somewhere in the United States. We don't know where. So we have AI. You know, their um, military and financials already proven how good they are at it. And then, you know, look at the EMP situation. They can take down the grid. They have terrorists already in place. And the banks, they own some of the banks. All right, so we have their balloons that are numbering somewhere in the thousands. They could deliver an EMP. They could deliver missiles. They could deliver bioweapons, um, nuclear weapons. I mean, so that we're surrounded. They basically have everything at their fingertips that they could go ahead and institute at any time. And our government is basically totally defenseless. Mm -hmm. Now, we keep worrying about the Russians. The Russians pose a threat. 
But I think the Chinese by far are the biggest threat that we face for the simple reason. They are now in a period of deflation. They are losing jobs. They are trying to replace the population, but there's 600,000 people less than a year ago. They're not going to catch up. They're getting desperate. Now, Xi Jinping, we were fortunate enough to be able to educate, train him. And so he learned all about America. He learned about the economy, the military, and everything else. And he is probably one of the smartest and most dangerous leaders in the United States this time, or in the world, I should say, the United States being his uh, main objective. So their flashpoints, Taiwan, trade, the military, and AI slash chips. Uh, with their economy tanking, us blockading their ability to buy the chips or steal them, whatever, um, they could move on Taiwan overnight or over a weekend, and we wouldn't be able to do much about it. They have huge stocks of oil, food, gold, and they are willing to sacrifice up to 500 million people in a war. Hmm. Now, that is one and a half times the population of the United States. So you have to understand, China has a plan. They're being really quiet. But when Yellen went to China, and then uh, who, who followed? Blinken or somebody followed that? It wasn't to negotiate terms. I'm thinking they're being given their marching orders, and they're being told, you need to do this, this, and this. Either that or we're going to begin this. If they shut off our med medications, the rare earths and everything else, you know, it's going to shut this nation down in 30 to 60 days. So we have to understand this where it's coming from. We need to keep watching. Uh, when we tell, tell you to buy your supplies and do your stockpiles and stuff, do it now. Everything is getting more expensive. If our currency would crash overnight, um, we're going to be in a mess you can't believe and you probably can't get out of. Now, so China me... is not our friend. Yeah, so I want to uh, talk about China for a little bit longer here. So did you get a chance to listen to uh, my discussion with Leo Homan uh, last week? He talked a lot about yes. China, and uh, it was really fascinating to me because his perspective is that China is just sort of sitting back watching, you know, America and Russia saber rattle. And, and and we, of course, anticipate, as we've said many times, that that's going to develop into a war, most likely a hot war, uh, you know, and we will be here to witness it if the Lord doesn't come back soon. Uh, but he says they're quite content to just not join the fray and then swoop in afterwards and, and exert some some control and uh, world domination, you know, after that. So I, I had to say, I mean, that was a pretty insightful thing to me. I mean, I've always understood that there are three outposts for the Luciferian, uh, you know, agenda, Russia, United States, and China, corresponding to the, the major, glo uh, you know, global powers, uh, power centers. Um, but I've always kind of thought they were independent and 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 they are but it seems very plausible to me that you know the way that luciferians will orchestrate the ultimate transition into a one world political religious and economic system is to have you know uh Russia and America essentially shoot each other in a standoff, and then China is the last man standing. Do you feel like that has any merit, that that idea? Well, I definitely think that's probably exactly what's happening, because if we look at the Gog-Magog War, America is not mentioned. A large part of the Soviet, well, the Russians, 
will be wiped out, but the Chinese and the kings of the East are still there. So that leads me to believe you're exactly right. They're waiting, and what better way to do it? You know, have your enemies downgraded, and then have your EMP, have your cyber attack or whatever, move in and take over what's left. I mean, our military is spread so thin right now that we can't respond. I mean, we just sent troops to the Strait of Hormuz, and that's fine. Um, 3,000 troops, I believe, now are going to be on different ships. We have a naval task force there. But let's face it, our Navy is a finite group of ships and people. So if we move something there, we have to move it away from somewhere else. You know, the Chinese are sneaky, and they probably are better preparing for war than anybody because they'll wait forever. And then we look at our Iranian friends. I'm pretty sure they have their eye on Israel, along with Lebanon, Hezbollah, and everything else. With our troops moved there, we have a carrier in the Mediterranean. I think the United States has basically given up on the Ukraine. We know they're going to lose. We know they're going to lose big. So let's move in. And at this time, when there's confusion, allow Israel to move on Iran and their nuclear weapons. Now, everybody keeps saying that, you know, the Ukrainians and their uh, military are making some progress. They're making no progress whatsoever. Russia is moving approximately six miles a day to the west, and they're moving at will. I mean, the Ukrainians are decimated. Their people are fleeing or they're surrendering. Um, this can't go on another month. Zelensky, supposedly, there is a hit out on him to take him out, which I think probably has been out since the beginning of the war. But Ukraine is done. Now, as we talked months ago, okay, if the Ukraine loses the war, the United States is going to lose a lot of standing as a military power and as a force of good or whatever we've been led to believe for years. All right, with our economy tanking, with the Ukraine probably either surrendering or being annihilated, what's the, what, what is the United States' next move? Nobody's going to come to us for military protection anymore. Our dollar isn't going to be worth anything. Are we going to continue the wars? Do the powers that be, Biden and his group, whoever's in control, do they have plans to just bring the economy down, try to start over? I mean, right now is probably the most dangerous time in my lifetime that I've seen, because I don't believe we have a coherent plan in the Ukraine or anywhere else. We simply react to whatever happens. So we know, according to the economists and everybody else, that our economy is in trouble. With the BRICS nations holding their meeting, if they have 45 or 46 countries going to a gold standard, where does that leave the United States? It leaves us with $32.7 trillion in debt. We have markets for autos, homes, et cetera, going down. We have $1.2 billion or trillion dollars in student loans have to be paid back next month, starting next month. We have food supply shortages and everybody's going, where does America go from here? I don't think our administration has a clue and Congress, they're, they're even worse. We have yeah. Mitt Romney, we have 
some of those guys wanting a war with Ukraine. They're thinking about giving them another $10 billion. And why would you shove all that money into a project that's going to fail? Yeah, I mean, Graham, Lindsey Graham, McConnell, uh, Romney, all those neocons, they're they're just you know, imperialist, you know, warmongers who, you know, they, they don't realize they're being played or maybe they do. I mean, I think in the case of, of Mitt Romney, they, they most likely do. And probably Lindsey Graham to a, a slightly lesser degree does, too. But they're just being played. The, the Luciferians are fomenting a global conflict that will lead ultimately, just as the Bible says, to a one-world system. All that remains to be seen is whether that system is in play before the rapture uh, or if it waits until after the rapture. But uh, we know at some point the Antichrist is going to take the helm of this one-world system, and his sidekick, the false prophet, whom I'm writing about right now in my new book, is going to preside over a you know technocracy as they as they clamp down on, on global freedoms, um, and and a lot of that it, it obviously is already here, and a lot of it could be you know even worse before the rapture. I mean, you know, get worse than it is now before the rapture. So you know, what's likely to happen? You you mentioned if Ukraine loses the war, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that happens, and and they will, by the way. Um, uh, that when they're ready for it, what they're going to start doing is you're going to start hearing a, a lot of media coverage and politicians in America talking about how we've got to stop you know, that 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 big giant of Russia from proceeding further to the West. And, you know, they've toppled Ukraine and what will they do? And it'll just be the, you know, the whole red scare all over again. And 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 then that's going to just raise tensions. And then the Luciferians will provocateur or stage something that, you know, draws both Russia and America into a, a battle. And then after that, it's just a rapid disintegration of of both countries. And so, um, yeah, I just I feel like these are troubling uh, times. Not in a in a sense of being scared, but in a sense of, I mean, it, it's it's an exciting time to be alive. I mean, the if the world is a chessboard, man, we're heading into the end game. You know, we're heading into just you know a massive uh, events that that all have biblical. Uh, ramifications and prophetic ramifications, don't you think? Oh, I agree totally. I mean, if Ukraine would surrender or if Russia just out now takes over, the United States is going to lose face and we're going to look like the paper tiger that we are in many aspects. But my question is, are we going to pull out like we did at Afghanistan? Are we going to be there to help them bring about a different government? Or do we pull out of Afghanistan and go immediately to the Middle East or North Korea, you know, with South Korea and Japan there? I mean, what makes sense to you as the end game, a total collapse of the United States or is it going to be gradual? Uh, I still believe, and I've talked about this for years, that there's going to be some, you know, unfreezing pivotal moment that causes, and it's not going to be one thing, it'll be a a multi-pronged attack that causes America uh, to cry out for help from the new world order and say, hey, we relinquish our sovereignty. Uh, either you know we don't have any money anymore, or our military has been decapitated by first strikes that we've absorbed, or there's this you know national pandemic that is just killing people in the streets. I mean, I, I just feel like they're going to, they have to get America out of the way. That much we know. They've telegraphed that. 
uh, for a hundred years. They 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 are systematically destroying our country because uh, you know the the one thing standing in their way. And I talk about this in my new book that hopefully will be out in uh, September October. Uh, they it's not the the government leaders that they're concerned about. They control all of them. It's the citizens, and you know we are you know faith loving. Got Bible believing, gun toting, you know, masses unlike any other nation in the history of the world, and so they've got to do something to bring us down. They, they, it's not as easy as just kind of saying, okay, you know, you know, hands up, we've got you surrounded. That that would end in in bloodshed. So, you know, they don't want to destroy the natural resources of this country as much as they can help it. And but they want us to cede our national sovereignty to a globalist satanic uh, elite. And so I just feel like I don't think I don't see it. I mean, it already is gradual to answer your question. It's not like an either or we're, we're seeing a gradual systematic dismantling of this country morally and in every other way. But I do I do look for some major event uh, to happen. Uh, and, and when it does then it'll be a very rapid transition away from uh, everything we've known as a country to a new uh, paradigm where we are part of a global uh, global system. That That's kind of the way I see it going down. And I think that comports with scripture as well. I think so, too. I mean, let's face it. We have economy problems, food supply problems. Unless you work for UPS, they are now making a very nice wage. I think it's $49 an hour and $170,000 package, including health insurance and everything every year. So they did well. But, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they're going broke. They can't afford food. They can't afford the car payment. They can't afford rent. I mean, the universal basic income that we talked about would be a natural progression where there's so many people out of work. You know, you go ahead with Fed now, you go with the CBDC. And we're going to go ahead and give you a wage. Or it could be a cataclysm such as Yellowstone, um, you know, the Cascadia Range, um, San Andreas Fall. There are so many things going to, they're coming to a culmination right now. You yeah. can't put your finger on which one. So it could be a group of things that happen. But I am afraid that um, it's going to be very soon. I mean, you know, I found I think in your book, you had mentioned uh, Project Prism, where the um, NSA is basically collecting all the information from Microsoft, Google, Skype, etc. There's a Project Dishfire where they pull in every text you send, and that's some 200 million a day, and they have everything right there. And then we look at uh, Zoom changing their um Agreements, Google, Microsoft, everybody's changing their agreements so they have the power and the uh, basic citizen has nothing. So I think we're almost to the square where it is checkmate. Yeah. We will do as we're told, and that's what it's going to have to be. Yeah. And, you know, before we wrap here, up here, I just want to clarify that, you know, as bad as the digital currency is, I don't think it's the end game. I mean, you know, everybody has different aspects right. of this, those that are awake anyway, that concern them. And I know many people are concerned about the digital currency rollout. And I probably get more emails about that than anything else. But don't forget, that's not the end game. That's just a part of it. That's just, you know, one piece of their puzzle. The big end game is 
you know, full spectrum planetary control. They want a global government, a global religion, a global economy. They they want all things global control because that's what their master Satan is striving for. And so uh, obviously we know who wins in the end. We we uh, we recognize that uh, God laughs and scoffs at their plans. Um, and yet that doesn't mean we sit back and take it. We, 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 we don't, you know, we can't just uh, pretend like everything's okay. We've got, there are practical ramifications of this. There are no, you know, there are no uh, eternal ramifications. Those who know the Lord, we know that our home in heaven is secure, and we're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years on the in the millennium, and and Satan's going to be bound up and ultimately destroyed in the lake of fire along with the Antichrist and false prophet. We know all that, and I like to remind Satan of that. Um, but there are pragmatic matters that should not scare us. We're never called to be scared, but we are called to be prepared. And that's why we've been doing these preparedness uh, podcasts on Saturdays, because we want to give people some practical uh, advice and suggestions on, you know, how we can navigate these times. And so, you know, these these podcasts, we're not selling anything here. We're not trying to, you know, make make millions like some some of the doom and gloom folks on, on you know, TV are. Uh, we're simply just sounding the alarm and making some observations and saying, yeah, you know, it could get a lot worse before it gets better, but we have, you know, the resources. So I would say, believe in yourself, you know, believe that you can handle it. I mean, think about the people in the pioneer days. They, you know, they, they had, you know, they had to defend for themselves. They killed their own food. They, you know, made their own houses. They, they just, they had everything. It was just them living on the prairie uh, with their children and, and you can do it, but, you know, God has given us uh, the the intelligence and the resources and people need to start uh, you know doing it. I love what you said on a recent preparedness podcast. You know about just take I think it was two weeks and just you know I forget what it was. Don't go to Walmart. Don't do anything. Just pretend like if you had to not use electricity and stuff. Do a dry run and uh, I think that could be very very helpful. So I know we've talked about some you know impending things happening here not but we want you to know we're not here to scare you we want to drive you to the word of god these things ought to excite us because it's the writing is on the wall that satan is nearing the end of his reign he's the prince of the power of the air the god of this age he's the the uh, the, the whole world right now is under his sway uh and his demonic army um but that's not going to last and so yeah you know uh make preparations uh, think wisely, as we talked about the opening of the podcast today. You know, you are responsible for what you know, and uh, sticking your head in the sand is not going to uh, end well. And uh, you know, God wants us to fight to the last day. Any closing thoughts, uh, Randy? Well, I have three minor things here of interest, which I think people will be interested in. Good. Uh, there's a um, person by the name of Orville Nix who was supposedly at the Kennedy assassination in Dallas, and he happened to record it also. The only thing is, he recorded the grassy knoll and says there were flashes from the knoll at the same time Kennedy was shot. Now, they are basically bringing that out. He's getting it all together. He's going to make it public. Now, if you're the CIA or some of these other people, you have to be wondering what they're thinking right now. That would make me just a little nervous. And so this fall should be very interesting. The uh, Yellow Freight company that just went out of business laid off 
30,000 people. Um, during the pandemic, they were given a $700 million grant from the United States of America to keep them running. Now, where did that $700 million go? That's not chump change. You know, I know they're a decent-sized country, but whatever. Okay. Now, Zelensky, I think he's going to be bye-bye, or he's going to surrender or move to Florida, whatever. But in Trump's newest indictment, the um, district attorney's name is Jack Smith. Now, Mr. Smith wanted this trial in Florida. They agreed on Florida, but he brought in a grand jury from D.C. Didn't tell anybody about it. Basically, he kind of found out which they were leading. And so he's telling everybody he's going to present it to the grand jury. But the judge found out. And the judge said, what are you doing? You have to bring a grand jury in the state in which the charges are filed. So Mr. Smith may be under indictment very soon also. So our country's coming unhinged, unplugged. And um, one thing I can say, believe you, believe me, the rest of them, they're all lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if, and if you and I ever disagree, believe me, that's what I say. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know, the grand jury systems, uh, you know, that that's something I've written about a lot through the years. And it's uh, it's rigged. The whole grand jury system is rigged. Uh, you know, they these uh, DAs get uh, these you know, people under their control. And that's why it's so easy to perpetrate uh, conspiracies uh, with, you know, with grand juries and uh, medical examiners, people like that are much easier to control than you, uh, than you realize. Um, yeah. Zelensky will probably end up on, uh, you know, America's got talent as a guest judge or something after this all falls apart. Uh, who knows? They, these, uh, there seems to be a lot of crossover lately in the world of world politics and reality TV shows. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, thanks, Randy. Great stuff today. I hope folks, uh, aren't too discouraged. Um, you know, that's that's uh, something that you just have to get with the Lord and say, Lord, thank you that we live in a day and age when we have access to information. So, you know, we're simply doing our best to interpret it and and see how it might apply. Uh, and, and you should do the same thing. And uh, as you get more information, that you have more uh, ability to plan ahead. And that, that's really what we're, what we're saying here is, you know, plan ahead. Don't get blindsided because uh, no one's going to be there to, you know, in the earthly realm anyway, to, uh, to rescue you. But God's always there. He loves you. He's with you. And uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Randy, thanks so much. Can't wait to talk Saturday uh, about how to prepare for a natural disaster. And uh, until then, uh, if you're listening today and you don't know the Lord, that is the number one step in preparedness because any earthly preparedness steps that we take are meaningless if you don't deal with your eternal destiny. And everyone on earth is a sinner who needs a savior. And the only way to, to be saved from uh, eternal separation from God in a literal place of torment called hell is by receiving the free gift of eternal life by faith alone in Christ alone. So stop what you're doing right now if you've never done it. And, and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone as the only one who can save you. For those who are already believers, take all of this information, uh, think about it, look into it, and uh, and then run it through the grid of Scripture as we seek to, uh, you know, 
wait await the Lord's return. We eagerly await his return. And uh, maybe today, right, Randy? Maybe today. I hope. Yeah, me too. All right. God bless everyone. Have a great uh, rest of the week. And uh, don't forget tomorrow we've got uh, Dr. Nathan Jones from Lamb and Lion Ministries on talking about the mighty angels of Revelation. And of course, Saturday, our technologist in residence, if you will, uh, Shane, will be talking about the double-edged sword of technocracy. God bless everyone.